Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome you into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker. Myself, my name is Chris Vaughn. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Once again, 419-794-3030, online, ARHQ.com. Today on the show, is it time to cash in those I-bonds? We're going to talk about whether this is the right time to downsize your home in retirement and are couples who are about to retire taking the wrong approach to their savings. All this and more. But first, let me check in with, uh, with Nolan. Nolan, it's just you and I again today. Have we, have we scared everyone else off? Yeah, it's great. Great to hang out with you. I, you know, I think you got the two uh, best looking guys on radio mm-hmm. today. You know, so that works out really well. Uh, how are things going down there for you, Chris? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, it's it's uh, right around Halloween, spooky season. My son finally decided on his costumes. He's got three of them. We're going to try to find a way to cycle through all of those coming up. But uh, more important than that, half-price candy the day after Halloween. So always excited by that. But that's not really what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about retirement and get people ready uh, as they prepare for retirement, things they need to encounter and with it being close to the end of the year, you know, November already upon us, uh, it is time to seriously think about RMDs if you are RMD eligible. And uh, the questions come up. A woman wrote to an advice column saying it was time for her to start taking those required minimum distributions, but she doesn't need the money. And she wanted to know what the options were, what options she has. What should we tell her? Well, you know, when people ask, what should I do if I don't need my required minimum distribution, there's a couple different options. Now, number one, first and foremost, I'd say don't fail to take your required minimum distribution because it's one of the largest penalties that I'm aware of. And in fact, failure to take your required minimum distribution could result in a 50% penalty for the amount that you were supposed to take out of the account. Mm. So this is an area that you don't want to forget about. Uh, I also say that you know the burden of taking out the required minimum distribution it falls on the account owner you know sometimes people think well you know my financial advisor or the financial institution is going to take care of that but generally speaking most financial institutions and or advisors they can't just automatically process required minimum distributions without a client's authorization either you know verbal or written to do so so again if you're over the age 73 and you haven't taken out your required minimum distribution i'd say get going on this, failure to do so could result in uh, massive penalties. Then if you fall into the camp of where you know you have enough money, maybe you have other sources of income, life is good, you don't need your required minimum distribution, uh, the one thing that I would talk about is, first of all, look at um, qualified uh, distributions that you could take and donations to charitable organizations. So a lot of people are not aware that you could be eligible to donate your required minimum distribution directly to a charitable organization and not have that income show up on your tax return. And this is why it's good for you and it's good for the charitable organization. So if you're already donating to your church, but you let the money come out of your IRA, go into your bank account, and then you write out a check to your church, What happens is when the money comes out of the retirement account, it's taxable income. It's going to show up on that individual's tax return. So what you could lose is 20 or 25% right away in the form of taxes. That's less money that you can give to that charitable organization because the tax man's already grabbed it. Yet if you take that distribution and you give it directly to the charitable organization, you know, making that check payable to the charitable organization, then it's not going to show up on your tax return and can also satisfy for what your qualified required distribution is. In addition to that, that charitable organization is not going to have to uh, pay taxes on it. So again, they're going to be able to keep 100% of that. The other thing I would tell you is, you know, keep in mind that this advice that I'm giving you is I'm not a CPA, I'm not an accountant. So when you're looking at your individual situation from a tax perspective, you always want to take and have a conversation with your CPA before you make any of these distributions or decisions. Another one that's a popular option that, you know, we run into is uh, maybe gifting to children or grandchildren. You know, so for the year 2023, you can give each child or grandchild $17,000 
uh, per person. If you're married, that goes up to $34,000. Again, each individual could make that gift. Um, you know, it doesn't help you with your taxes as a deduction because it's a gift, but it can be a, a couple of unique things that you could do. One, you know, you can kind of start to build the foundation for that grandchild for their financial future, whether that's setting money aside an account that they could use when they become an adult. That's like a UTMA, Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. Um, whether you want to set it aside in like a 529, uh, want to get it into a plan ultimately to help them with college. Uh, there's a couple of pros and cons to how you can do that. Uh, maybe your children, you know, your children may be impacted uh, financially. Uh, maybe it's your desire to not just leave all of the money when you pass away. And there's things that you could do now and you can make some of those gifts here at the holiday time. Now, when you gift it to children or grandchildren, one of the best advices that I can give is you also want to explain to that individual that, look, this year was a good year financially for us or for myself, and I'm making this gift this year because we had such a good year. I don't know that it's going to be like that each and every year in the future. Because what happens is sometimes children or grandchildren or other people, they get to this point where it's an expectation. So if you gift this year, you know, they might think about the expectation as mm. they're going to get a ne gift next year. So I think it's important that if you give that gift, that you explain that gift, that it may not be a gift each and every year. Um, sometimes you could fund insurances or you could do it for long-term care. So life insurance still is one of the best vehicles, in my opinion, to transfer wealth from one generation to the next. And by taking a distribution and using the qualified uh, distribution for a required minimum distribution, you could leverage those dollars specifically in the early years of the 70s to potentially pass more money on uh, that could be tax-free for beneficiaries versus a fully taxable retirement account. And some of these policies, or you could purchase a policy that's straight long-term care insurance. And so either uh, you know some type of an insurance product like a life insurance that offered accelerated benefits for long-term care while you're alive, or just looking at a long-term care policy could help you shield those other assets that you have inside of that retirement account uh, to protect them from a, a spend down. And last is, you know, you could just invest that money into an after-tax account. Uh, so maybe there's some favorite stocks that you want to own. You don't need to invest that money, but you might need it at some point in the future. You know, in an after-tax account, if you invest it uh, as a, a growth-type strategy and that money grows for the next 10 or 15 years, under the current tax law in an after-tax account, you know, with a properly named beneficiary, when you leave that money over to, say, your child or grandchild, uh, a lot of times individual stocks in an after-tax account get something called a stepped-up basis of death, meaning all taxes are forgiven, and that's not the case with most dollars in a retirement account when it passes from one generation to the other. Uh, things are going to be done. So if you're listening, and again, you haven't done your required minimum distribution, the clock is ticking. You don't want to miss that deadline. It could result in a 50% penalty in the form of taxes if you fail to take that required minimum distribution. And if you don't know what to do with it, let's have a conversation. There could be some ways that I could show you how to leverage the dollars, set up those accounts for your grandchildren, you know, talk to you about funding an asset protection plan for your long-term care, or tell you about some of our favorite stocks. So happy to have a conversation and help you out. Lots of different options out there. Uh, and again, just because you don't need the money, that R stands for required because the government, well, they would like that money. They, they would like for you to pay the taxes on it. And quite frankly, they would like you to neglect to take it so they can penalize you and then force you to. Don't do that option. Uh, you know, make sure you take care of your required minimum distributions before the end of the year. Look at the different options that you could use, use that money if you don't actually need it for income purposes. The team at America's Retirement Headquarters is here for you to have that conversation. 419-794-3030 or go into the website, arhq.com. Disney just officially turned 100 years old and it is among the exclusive club of companies that made it through the Great Depression, World War II, the advent of the internet and the social media era. So longevity definitely been on Disney's side. How do we get that Disney-like longevity in our retirement plans? Well, you know, if you think about going to Disney, I'd say it's one of the most magical places on earth. Mm -hmm. But um, 
you know, if we look at it, I just Googled the topic and how much does it cost to go to Disney World, you know, for a week in 2024? Uh, the average next year is going to be $6,865, uh, according to one of the results that came back. So w- when we think about it, I'm thinking about what's the advice I give to somebody that you can have the longevity that you need for retirement. So, you know, Disney is the most magical place on earth. It's incredible that they're, you know, celebrating a, a hundred years. And I can think of the magic that I had when my kids were just little kids. And I can think of the magic of, you know, taking them recently in the different times. But, you know, with what we see, the number one thing, again, with how expensive it is, the number one tip that I would give people for creating longevity with their retirement plans is don't overspend right away in retirement time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, taking that trip to Disney, maybe taking your kids and grandkids and having this, you know, big event that you wanted to do at retirement time is something that you've dreamed of. I, I think it's great if you have the financial resources to do so, but be sure to take a look at overspending in the early years, the impact that that will have on the long term longevity and success of your retirement plans. You know, we'll have folks that'll come into the office and they'll say, you know, I have a four or five hundred thousand dollars. And so they, they, you know, feel comfortable that it's okay to to take money out. Maybe they're gonna buy one of those timeshares and you know, maybe they're gonna do uh, some of these trips and projects that they want always wanted to do, yet they still need a pretty consistent amount of money taken out on a monthly basis. And so when when you stack the withdrawal rate that they have on their normal retirement account, and then you add the lump sum of these other big withdrawals, you actually accelerate the risk of outliving your money. So here's how to make your retirement money last. First of all, for those of you that are over the age 50, keep in mind that the IRS rules have changed a couple of different times, most recently with the Secure Act 2.0. And for 2023, an individual 401k contribution limit is uh, now raised to $30,000. That IRA contribution limit, again, for people over the age 50 is now $7,500. So before year end or before you get to the retirement, if you want to do the Disney trip, if you want to do some of these big things, what you want to do is you want to boost your retirement savings rate. Maybe have that money set aside and use that money to do some of those bigger trips, not have it as part of your retirement income needs. Uh, The next thing that you want to do to to have your money last is, in my opinion, is consider optimizing and sometimes delay taking Social Security benefits. The statistics that are out there are roughly about 70% of people are drawing Social Security benefits before their full retirement age. That could be either due to Social Security disability and somebody moving on to that program. Uh, that could be somebody simply electing to take Social Security. But by taking Social Security before your full retirement age, what you're ultimately doing is you're locking yourself into a lifetime reduction of income and or negatively impacting what could be the survivor benefits with the Social Security as well. And so when you lock in the lower income, sure, in the early years, you're getting more income now because uh, you're getting that Social Security. But later in life, your withdrawal rate, meaning the amount of money that you need to take off your investments, could be higher that could actually create more stress on your plan than delaying Social Security, which could reduce not only your taxation of what your withdrawals are from your retirement account, because you won't need to take as much, it could also make more reliable income and less of a need uh, to run out of money on like your 401ks or your IRAs. With that being said, I think it's also a good idea to consider purchasing what I would refer to as longevity insurance. Uh, There's certain annuity products that are out there, uh, things like deferred income annuities. Uh, Annuities can be a new way to add an income source. Uh, On our website, ARHQ.com, under the Clients tab at the bottom, we have a calculator that actually shows the impact and what the withdrawal rate would need to be on the uh, stock market or the risky assets. And when you have more reliable income, again, the rate of return that you need to earn on your risky assets can actually be less when you have certain investment vehicles that are not subject to the lottery of the returns in the stock market. Um, instead of maybe fully retiring, you know, consider downshifting in your 60s. 
not only delaying Social Security, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, uh, can mean great things. You know, that part-time income can make a big difference. It can help you in those early years if you need to come up with uh, paying for health care expenses. It can delay your need to pull money out of your retirement account. Uh, it can extend things quite a bit. I can think of a, a person here recently, Ron, and Ron just retired. Him and his wife, they moved south, and Ron had a, a, an opportunity of a lifetime that he couldn't pass up where his company offered him uh, a substantial amount of money to come back and spend part-time work working at the job he was previously doing. And by doing so, you know, Ron gets to gradually move into retirement time, spend some time getting retirement ready. But at the same time, his withdrawal rate, he doesn't need to take on his 401k or IRA right now because he has this other source of income. He now has money that he can pay for his other benefits, like his health care costs. And so that's going to strengthen the longevity of his retirement plan. And, you know, inflation has not been something that we've talked a whole lot about until the last year and a half, but inflation is the real deal. And if we look at academic research that's out there, you know, we need to make sure that you're building an inflation-adjusted income, and that can be a big risk in retirement time. You know, even if we don't think that this high inflation rate is going to stay under control, even if it goes back to historical average of 3%, you know, $100 today is going to be more than $200 in 25 years, so you need to build in inflation. So, again, you need to plan out your retirement paycheck, and once you retire, generating income and making sure that if you're not going to get up to work, your money's going to get up to go to work all the time. So, you know, if you're in that retirement red zone, that means you're five years within retirement time, or you just retired within the last five years, and you're saying, Nolan, can I make my retirement money last? What we can do is we can take and we can stress test your plan and go over all of these areas to help you make sure that you have the ultimate confidence to have the greatest chances of increasing the longevity of your retirement plans. Give us a call We'll stress test your plan. We'll give you some ideas and options and talk to you about a specific action plan that you can take advantage of to make sure that your retirement money will last. Having the stress test done is a good way to show you know, where the pain points might lie in your retirement plan as it stands right now. And it's never too late to, to really course correct the changes that need to be made, uh, if any. It, it, it's good to know to, as you enter into retirement so that you can have that, that Disney-like retirement, you know, if you live to 100 or beyond, who knows, but knowing that you don't have to worry about the, the income side of it. Having that stress test done, simple as picking up the phone, giving a call, 419-794-3030. You can also go to the website as well, schedule a time there, find that calculator Nolan is talking about, arhq.com. Now, in just a couple of days, the Federal Reserve is going to meet to make another decision about interest rates. Whatever they decide, there may be another long-term effect, which we could be feeling for years to come. This is Robin Hood founder Tudor Jones on CNBC. Our interest bill is going to very shortly exceed our defense spending in just a couple of years. Probably be close to 20% of your taxes will go to pay interest on the debt unless we do something. So what do you, what do you see as the positives and negative effects of these higher interest rates, Nolan? Well, it, it definitely is kind of pros and cons of where rates are today. And in fact, you know, I haven't really seen rates be this high um, prior to where my kids have been born. And, you know, my oldest, as many listeners know, is about to finish graduating from uh, college. So it's been a long time that we've seen this. Um, there can be some negatives that are out there. Um, as they talked about in this particular article, I mean, the government has put us in a really bad situation. And that bad situation is the out-of-control spending that we have with the national debt. Higher rates ultimately can lead to, as they talked about on that article, you know, a, a massive amount of spending our government's going to have to do. It's, think about like, you know, as an individual, if you just maxed out your credit card and then interest rates went up, your credit card bill is going to go up all the time and you've got to figure out how to pay off that credit card bill. So the, the government, the solution to pay off their credit card bill is going to be probably higher taxes. We know the tax rates are already set to expire in a couple of years. So for most people, higher taxes are coming. So this is a train that is coming down the tracks. 
And the best thing to do is try to figure out how do you get off that train track mm-hmm. because it's going to slam you with higher taxes, and that could be a major negative. So what you need to do here is work towards shifting money to tax-free accounts or what could be potentially tax-free accounts. And so what I mean by that is, you know, those of you that are still working, look to see if your 401k has something called a Roth 401k option. So with a Roth 401k option or with a Roth IRA, you're paying taxes today. So the money that you earn through your paycheck, you're paying taxes on it. You're making those contributions to the Roth 401k or the Roth IRA. And then that money, it can grow. And as long as you follow the rules of you know how to take withdrawals out, meaning that it needs to be open for five years or longer over the age 59 and a half, and you follow those rules and take the money out, that not only the money that you put into it, but the growth of that money and all the profits over the years could be tax-free. So a huge advantage, I'd say, for younger folks that are out there. So if you don't have a Roth 401k option and it's available to you, that's where, again, I would think that if you're putting over and above what the company matches, you may want to consider redirecting those contributions into something that's tax-free. That could be the Roth IRA. And in some cases, for younger families, maybe if you're married, newly married, uh, maybe you have a family that you're starting out, sometimes a cash value life insurance can also be another good solution as well for a younger family because not only are you building that retirement nest egg, you're also looking to protect your family in the event that something happens while you're young. Uh, so things like the mortgages can get paid off and income can happen uh, in the event that somebody gets hurt, sick, or dies. And the, what you can do, though, is the third option is for those of you that are close to or in retirement time and you're already savers is look at doing Roth conversions. So with a Roth conversion, you have a deadline of December 31st. That deadline is right around the corner. And a lot of these financial institutions, they start moving to best of process. And that will only be in a couple of weeks away. So if you want to look at maybe should you pay some money now before the end of the year, you need to give our office a call. You need to talk to your CPA and an accountant, and you need to complete a tax roadmap and the checklist and look at both strategic and or tactical Roth conversions before year end. Uh, again, call our office. We'll be happy to do that. The other negative is the cost of loans is much higher today than where it was. Again, I just went on Google, and when I Google current 30-year mortgage rates, you know, the quick response rate shows that, you know, the rates are now in that 8% range. Uh, again, it depends upon your credit score, how much you put down. But, you know, w- when you think about mortgage rates at 8%, I had to think about the fact that uh, one is I'm on my, my third home. Uh, I paid off my house in September of last year. And I remember when my wife and I, we bought our first house over on Hoyles Avenue here in Toledo. And we kind of high-fived each other as we left the uh, closing because we had a mortgage rate of 6.75. And I had heard these stories of people who had, you know, 10, 11, 12% interest rates. And obviously at 6.75, I thought that was a big win. Now we saw interest rates where they went down. I mean, at one point you could get a mortgage in the 2.5% range. Now the younger folks, I mean, the, the mortgage rates are significantly higher. And then you have the compound effect that, uh, you know, the, the price of a house with supply and demand is significantly higher. I would be cautious if I was a younger person uh, going in to overextend myself too much right now uh, with where interest rates are and where housing prices are. Uh, I would be very smart in the fact that, you know, we, you don't want to uh, get too much of a loan at a young age and too much of an obligation. Uh, so if something bad happens, like you lose your job, you're in a, a situation where you're obligated to these things. Um, I think a lot of people have a desire to have a nice house and, you know, have the fancy things. And, you know, it's what I think we've always referred to as keep up with the Joneses. But folks, if you're young, don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses. Just keep yourself financially sound. Um, 
you know, the the negative in the stock market is we look at the fact that, you know, higher interest rates, it could slow down growth of stock companies. It could create a recession. Uh, it, it could create increased volatility in the stock market. We've seen that volatility happen in, you know, in the last several months since July. And I also continue to see risk in the bond fund market. But what are negatives also create positives? So first of all, the positives, for those of you that are savers, you know, if your safe money is not getting more than 5%, we really need to talk because this is an incredible opportunity to replace some interest-sensitive investments and or refinance some of your accounts and lock in high fixed rates. The other positive is with the pullback that we've had in the market here recently, and there could be more further pullback, this can create a great buying opportunity. You want to have a predetermined entry point, and you know, there's strategies that allow you to hedge your bet that can give you downside protection, yet still allow you to participate when the market goes up. If we look at election year results in the market, there could be a lot of things that say getting position to take advantage of a pullback in a market could be a great opportunity for you. So there's ways, again, there's pros and cons of higher fixed interest rates, and it's a matter of how do you apply it to your situation. As whether or not the Fed chooses to increase rates in the coming days, uh, it looks like it is going to be staying coming into 2024, coming into an election year, lots of threats, but also lots of opportunities as it pertains to your finances to see how to make the interest rates work in your favor, whatever may come down the line. America's Retirement Headquarters, they can help with that. You just have to take the first step and give a call. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Once again, 419-794-3030. You can also find them online at arhq.com. This time, or a little earlier this time last year, you'll know that we were talking a lot about I-bonds. Last year, a lot of people put their cash into I-bonds when the rates were nearly 10%, but they have come down a bit since then, and they're actually due to reset on November 1st. For those that have held I-bonds for at least a year, I have to wonder, what's that sweet spot for cashing them out, and where's a good place to maybe put that money instead? Well, if we look at it, and again, we look at our YouTube channel, uh, this video that we put out there talking about you know, how to set up an I-bond account. Again, if you want to watch the video, um, you just type in how to open up an account with the U.S. Treasury, or again, you can go to America's Retirement Headquarters on YouTube. Just search by the most viewed one because that particular video has got uh, right now 3,628 views since we published it, kind of walking people through uh, how to set up an account with the government I-bonds. And, you know, when we saw the bond interest rates and they were in the 9%, it was kind of one of those no-brainer, you want to take advantage of the, the interest rate is where it was. Mm. The current rate now through November 1st is 4.3%. So you also want to look at the the fine print, and the fine print says if you held your bond less than five years, you would forfeit three months' worth of interest if you ended up cashing in your bond early. So assuming that somebody bought the bond a year ago when it was in that 9% range, and now that the interest has gone down to 4.3, that person's considering cashing it in. Three months of worth of interest would be a 1.08% penalty based upon the current rate. If the new rate is expected to be 4.8%, what I would suggest is, you know, you, again, you add 1.08, which is what the penalty would be for cashing in an early. And that means you would need to make about 6% or higher to make that a smart move. Or it may not make sense. So it goes down to, again, what's the time frame? What's the purpose? What are you going to use it for? You know, so if somebody had $10,000 in a credit card debt, and because the interest rates have gone up and they're paying 20% on credit card debt, I'd say, heck yeah, get rid of the credit card debt, pay off and eliminate that, and you'll be to the net positive. And or maybe if they were going to get a car loan and they were quoted a, an interest rate of 8 9 10%, it may be better off to use that, uh, and that's a net positive. If somebody was looking at moving it from one investment to another, you know, right now, in my opinion, it's about 6% or higher is what the rate that you need to get. There are a couple, but it's few financial products that are out there that are what I would consider to be safe, not 
market risk type of investment. So those are things like FDIC insured CDs. There's also things like fixed investments. And surprisingly, for the first time uh, that I've seen, again, in 20 plus years, we're starting to see rates that are 6% or higher on some of these non-market risk investments. Um, there's also investments that I see out there that, you know, quote these high income and high payout, but they're not, again, backed by insurance protection, nor are they FDIC insured. I get a little bit scared for those type of products because when you don't have those those backings, you got to be a little bit careful. So we are getting to that point where um, it could be advantageous to look at it. Again, if you're looking to how do I increase my savings rate, the, the number for me is 6% or higher in non-market risk investments. Or if you have something that's a debt that you're paying a high debt, uh, that's where I would say. Otherwise, just to you can do what uh, the Ronco, I think the rotisserie is, set it and forget it, <laughs> and let it keep earning some interest for a while. Math was never really my forte, but you know who the numbers guys are? Well, it's the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, Nolan Baker, Chaz Price, Matt, ARHQ.com, and actually set up a time to speak with them and figure out if this is going to be the right move for you going forward, exploring these options, because you don't want to just withdraw and then, and then uh, you know choose blindly. You want to be tactical about it. Make sure the numbers work out. Here's the number you should keep in mind, 419-794-3030. That's how you get in touch with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Set up a time to speak with them. 419-794-3030. Now, how often do you wash your bed linens? If you really want to get rid of the icky germs, dust mites, and particles that can cause allergies and asthma, uh, microbiologists recommend throwing your sheets and pillowcases into the laundry every two weeks, and then you should replace your pillows every year, the mattress every five to ten years, and bedding every two years or so. Okay, let's turn this into retirement talk. When it comes to keeping uh, you know, your plan fresh and things like that, how often should we give our income plan that, that same sort of treatment? Um, you know, when I'm looking at how often should I refresh my income plan, I would say one of the best advices I could give to people is, you know, those people that are close to or in retirement time really, you know, should probably look at it uh, a once a year checkup, uh, unless there's a major life change. And in fact, I'll say that, that that's probably a good idea for, you know, anybody at any age. Uh, I'll use myself as an example. You know, I'm 47. Um, when I look at my income plan, you know, the biggest thing that catches me off guards is a lot of these subscriptions that I'm paying for that I don't necessarily need. And I forget about them. Like, you know, we subscribe to this one service that allows us to do graphic designs. Well, you know, that person's no longer even working at the company. <laughs> and so when you go through and you look at some of these things, even, you know, recently we uh, took a look at moving our cable to streaming, which cut down expenses. So even at a younger age, once a year looking at an income plan can be important. It To me, it gets even more important when you're, you know, within five years of retirement time and or you're in retirement. And the reason being is if you're not going to get up and go to work every day, you need to make sure that your money is working as hard as it possibly can. Now, when I'm talking about an income plan, I'm not talking about a financial plan. What I'm talking about is a written retirement income plan. So those of you that are listening, you might have some type of financial plan. Uh, maybe there's some type of Monte Carlo analysis that ran that showed you what the probability of success is. Uh, maybe you had a plan that talked to you about how to uh, optimize your investments from a portfolio perspective. And those are all great things. Those are tools that we also use here. What I'm talking about is a written retirement income plan. So this is a third item that's very important that you have. So within the written retirement income plan, what we want to do is if you're not drawing Social Security, part of that plan is going to look at a Social Security optimization strategy. If you're blessed enough in the fact that you or your spouse has a pension as an option, making sure that you run a pension maximization strategy. Um, I had a call with a gentleman last week. Uh, he's not married. He has two children, and he has two pensions from previous employers. So he has the option where he could take out a pension for his life only. When he passes away, uh, no money would then transfer on to his two children. He could take out a pension for a uh, his life only for a period certain, 
or he could take a lump sum, ultimately name his children as beneficiaries. And each of those choices, they come with pros and cons on what you know is able to do. But by looking at a written retirement income plan, we're able to figure out, you know, one, can he take a lump sum and maybe a little bit less monthly withdrawal, but then have the opportunity that any money he doesn't spend, leave it to his children, which is what one of his desires is that's important to him. That's a pension maximization strategy. And again, by developing that written retirement income plan allows us to look at things like his social security. If he's going to continue to work part-time, does he need to work one, two, or three years? So we can help answer the question of when to retire. We'll look at you know the difference of one or two years and what the strength of that makes. Uh, as previous segments we've talked about, reviewing this on an annual basis right now is a perfect example of why it's a good idea to do it because fixed rates are up significantly in the last year. So it might be a year or two ago that maybe you bought a CD, maybe you got a large balance in your checking and savings accounts for emergencies. But if you're not proactively going out and getting these higher fixed rates, you could be missing out on thousands of dollars a year of extra income by not upgrading to the higher fixed rates that are out there today. Shifting money from at-risk to non-market risk strategies within five years of retirement. So if you've had you know, the opportunity to be blessed with the market in the last couple of years, you could reposition some of that money. You could move it into non-risk market uh, strategies, put it into things that provide more predictable income and uh, help you out there. Downsizing. So if you want to get you know, an increase in your income plan, it could be possible to look at selling your house. Uh, I just recently spoke with a couple, and what they did is they sold their big home. They locked in a significant profit because of where housing prices are. They were able to move into a condo, so they have now a lot less maintenance and upkeep. They're renting the condo, so they don't have to pay these higher rates of buying a new condo. And they get the advantage of using this big lump sum of money to generate more income to fund some of their income needs. A debt elimination, that's another great strategy. You know, the way to get more income is through debt elimination. Sometimes it makes sense, say, to pay off a small balance mortgage. You know, so if somebody had a $250,000 house, maybe they only had forty dollars or $50,000 left on the mortgage. It may make sense to maybe pay off a big chunk of that before the end of this year and pay off the remaining balance next year and get that paid off so they don't have that payment uh, going into retirement time. That can be a significant improvement of their income plan. You know, strategies to reduce cost, you can look at strategies when you're talking about uh, pre-65. You know, so if you're going to retire before the age 65 and you're going to get health insurance through the Affordable Care Act, what you want to realize is that's an income, not an asset test. So the reason you want to meet with a professional like myself and Scott and talk about your health insurance plan before retirement is because of the fact that there can be some ways that you can reposition your money now that can significantly reduce what your pre-65 health care expenses and monthly costs are. But again, it's one of those areas that you don't want to wait until you're retired. You want to do that now as part of your overall income plan. And even post-65, it doesn't catch a lot of people off guard, but if your income gets too high uh, post-65, it can have a negative impact on what your Medicare premium is. So again, many people, including myself, I'd recommend uh, at least once a year checkup uh, unless there's a major life change. So maybe married, divorced, uh, buying or selling a house, having a new family member, sending somebody to college. Those type of reasons would be uh, why, again, to review your income needs and review your income plan. And if you want to look for a way to say, hey, is there a way to increase and bump the bottom line? That's what an independent portfolio analysis can do. And that's what our firm can do by taking a look at running those numbers. And to me, you know, with winter right around the corner uh, here in Northwest Ohio, I think one of the most uh, amazing things is when you go put a winter coat on that you haven't had for a year and you put your hand in your pocket and you find a $20 bill that you left in there. Oh, yeah. That's like the, the best, best. The best $20 ever. So my job is to help you. If you sit down with us and try to find $20 bills in pockets by going through examples of like what we talked about here and helping you increase your income plan. 
And that's the benefit of that independent portfolio analysis. That is the benefit of having someone here in the area to help you with these these annual uh, checkups, check-ins, make sure that everything is still going according to plan if there are changes that need to be made, letting you know when that happens, whether that is something that happens in your life, whether that is something that happens, you know, on the side of the government. They're very slick about, you know, making these changes in, in the cover of darkness, but how it affects you overall, making sure you've got someone who uh, you can reach out to and, and contact if your current financial professional hasn't talked to you in a good while and, and maybe has been quite hard to, to come by, and, you know, in light of the recent volatility and things like that. Why not reach out to the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, like I said, right here in the Toledo area, serving people mountains and mountains of experience, and they can help you out. Just give a call, 419-794-3030, or go to the website, arhq.com. Downsizing from a big home to something smaller has been considered a rite of passage for many retirees once the, the nest is empty, uh, you know, shifting into a, a smaller house. But with mortgage rates approaching 8%, along with low inventory and steep prices, does this move actually make sense right now? What, what are you telling clients? Well, I, I think, first of all, we have to look at the numbers. And, you know, when we look at the numbers, the numbers of homes for sale that measure between 750 and 1,750 square feet, that's the range that downsizers tend to prefer right now. Um, the number of houses for sale dropped 41% since 2019. And prices for these houses have increased by 50% than before they were in COVID. And that's according to the Wall Street Journal Personal Finance Retirement Downsizing Home Mortgage Rates article. The next thing is, is we look at downsizing is the costliest for those that still have mortgages on their current homes and are locked into the low rate. For them, a smaller home might translate into a higher monthly mortgage payment, further stretching the budget on a fixed income. If we looked at it, those who downsized the most were homeowners age 77 to 97. So when we think about, you know, when to downsize and when to take advantage of the current housing market, um, I'll use myself as an example. So I live in Waterville and I love the house that I have been in. I've been in my house for about 18 years now. I paid off my house in September of last year and my home value, according to what is selling around the neighborhood, has basically doubled in price. In my opinion, if I did that as a younger person, 47, I still have a, uh, you know, a kid in high school, I'd need a couple of more years till I actually needed a smaller house. I probably would not buy another house right now. I would probably rent another house uh, for a little while until uh, housing prices and these interest rates kind of corrected a little bit. The next thing is, is uh, when we look at it, you know, for building your retirement nest egg. Um, there's a lot of people that have substantial equity that have been built up into their house. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, people we'll call Dick and Sue recently, and they sold their home because their home had just built significant value in equity. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to move to a condo to have a little bit less stress fee, and they wanted to go ahead and lock in that large equity position that they had in their house and use that to help increase some of their income needs that they have uh, for the future. I think in their situation uh, could make a lot of sense. Now they're able to tap some of the equity that was tied up in their home. For Medicaid asset protection, it can be another idea. Uh, I met with uh, a couple in the past, we'll call them Mary and Jim. So Mary, they had an old house. Her and Jim lived in the same house for a long time. And it was part of Toledo that the house had gone down a little bit. The housing area had gone down. Their house was ultimately going to need in a lot of repairs, you know. And what they were able to do is able to look at a situation where Jim was most likely going to go into a nursing home. So if Jim goes into a nursing home, they're going to have to, under Medicaid, spend down a portion of their assets to be able to qualify for Medicaid. Now, under Medicaid, there's countable and non-countable assets. A home here in the state of Ohio can be one of those non-countable assets. So for Mary and Jim, what they did is they sold their old house that was going to need a lot of work. They took money out of their savings account and purchased a new house in a new subdivision that had all the bells and whistles with it. They had less maintenance to worry about. And the equity in the home was protected versus the money left in the bank account was not. It was a great Medicaid asset protection strategy. 
or in the third scenario is more freedom. So, you know, if you're looking to travel, maybe have more time, maybe have a second house where you want to spend some time uh, during part of the year, or if you want to work less around your large property, you know, Bob and Rita, they kind of wanted to get ahead of the game. They'd had decades and decades of stuff that had been built up. They didn't want to leave that burden on their family. And it was a lot of work for Bob and Rita to maintain the property that they had. They were able to take their time, go ahead and lock in these high prices, and they moved into an assisted living facility to make life uh, uh, quite a bit easier for them. So again, there's reasons why you can take advantage of the current housing market. Um, it depends upon your situation and knowing what your game plan is. Now, obviously, uh, I think anybody out there listening knows that you know purchasing a, a new home is, is a major commitment, and with interest rates being as high as they are, may not necessarily be the Smartest move to make, but there are situations where it could work in your favor, uh, you know, depending on what you need to do. The team at America's Retirement Headquarters, they can help you weigh the pros and cons. Pick up the phone. Give a call, 419-794-3030. Now, what are you doing this Halloween for healthcare worker turned uh, comedian Johnny Locasto? Last year meant spending the night watching the latest movie in the Halloween franchise with his wife. In this specific storyline, Michael Myers, the bad guy, is now 64 years old. I'm supposed to be scared of a guy who's about to qualify for Social Security. Are you serious? <laughs> but she's completely invested. She sees him chasing after his victims. You know, like he does that weird gate, the hop along thing. And she goes, oh, no, look at the way he's running. That's terrifying. I'm like, no, that's osteoarthritis. That's what that is. <laughs> he's got no cartilage left at all, babe. <laughs> But then she starts feeling sorry for Michael Myers as he's running along chasing someone else. Like, oh, maybe Michael Myers just needs a hug. I'm like, no, he needs a hip replacement, all right? <laughs> I know bone on bone when I see it. So maybe a little bit more comedic than, uh, you know, than frightening. But something that is frightening, a new study found that a single person aged 65 may need $157,500 saved to cover health care expenses in retirement. How do you work this kind of expense into a retirement plan? Well, I love that comedian stand-up. I think Michael Myers was fantastic. But it, it, it is frightening, right? It is scary when you look at this other stat that you talked. So I'm going to give you six tips that you can take a look for on how to make those expenses to try to have a minimal impact on your retirement. Uh, number one, plan ahead. So you want to develop a strategy before you retire. We met with a couple, Doug and Mary, recently. They're going to retire at the end of the year. Doug is not going to need to buy health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. And so there's some moves that we can make with his dollars before he retires so it's not countable income for when he applies for the Affordable Care next year, potentially saving 40 or 50% of his health care cost until he reaches the age 65. Number two is you want to know how the costs are calculated. As I mentioned, in this situation, under the Affordable Care Act, it is an income, not an asset test. So you want to know what is considered countable income, what's considered uncountable income, making sure that you position yourself in a situation to best take advantage of uh, all those scenarios. Number three is you want to understand what your out-of-pocket expenses are going to be. So you could have you know, out-of-pocket expenses from your doctor's visits, your co-pays, and there's some type of maximum out-of-pocket expenses. Uh, I've looked at some statistics that are out there that you know, in some of these healthcare expenses, you know, the one time a family hits a maximum out-of-pocket, it could you know, create a virtual nightmare for that family. And so planning now for that and having a bucket of money that's designed for your maximum out-of-pocket healthcare costs can definitely be something that's going to come up. It's going to happen. And we don't want to have to have you create a GoFundMe account on Facebook to pay for those expenses. You want to build that you know, financially sound in your plan, knowing what those outstanding out-of-pocket expenses are. Number four, you don't want to know what is covered and what is not. Um, a perfect example, now this has been quite a few years, but years ago, I was traveling on vacation with my family, and I was opening up something for my son to go down to the beach, and it, it was zip-tied into the, the box like most toys are. Mm -hmm. I just grabbed the knife from the kitchen counter, and I tried to cut that zip tie off. So unfortunately, I slipped and I cut my hand. Mm. I still have the battle wound today. Just naturally went to the emergency room, but didn't realize I was you know, out of network within the emergency room. So I think those five stitches cost me about $2,500 because I was out of network and didn't realize you know, what is covered and what is not. The same would be true as if you know, you're on Medicare and you don't pick a supplement or an advantage plan, 
you know, when you're talking about you're responsible for like 20% of that, that could be a big, big bill, especially if you get a diagnosis of cancer or a heart attack. You know, that can be a major expense. Also knowing things like long-term care are not covered. Those can be big expenses. Number five is you want to look for health-related tax benefits. So things like if you're eligible, putting money into a health savings account and making sure that you have that money set aside in a health savings account, making sure that you're able to leverage those dollars, get those tax benefits, you know, use the things that you're entitled to. Number six is what you want to do is you want to leverage your assets to protect your assets from long-term care. So that's like things like a life leverage plan, looking at adding in additional benefits to protect your assets from a life leverage plan. That can be annuities with riders. That can be, you know, again, other ways to protect your life savings. So you don't have to pay dollar for dollar if you need long-term care. So again, preparing for healthcare expenses, that's what we do. Uh, in fact, here at uh, America's Medicare Associates, just call, ask for Scott, Troy, or any of the team members, and we'll talk you and walk you through helping for you to have a good understanding as far as what to plan for for your healthcare expenses, how to take steps to minimize those expenses, and how to leverage your assets to protect them from long-term care. And I think certainly if Scott were here right now, he would certainly mention that right now is the annual election period. So as far as knowing what is covered and what is not, uh, especially as we go into the next year, that's not something going to be caught unawares. Uh, Still time to to get on his calendar and figure out the best plan for you as far as Medicare goes going into 2024. Just give a call and and figure out the plan. Medicare, health care is not just it by itself in retirement. It's not just taxes. It's not just income. It's all these things working together in a proper plan and neglecting one of them can work against all the others. So make sure that you have a comprehensive strategy like you get at America's Retirement Headquarters. Give a call 419-794-3030. Always available online, arhq.com. And as always, want to thank you for joining us here, spending some time with us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. It is home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Please have a great week ahead of you. Nolan, always grateful for the time. And as we wind down here, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, you know, with it being Halloween week, I'd say enjoy those little ones as they come around the neighborhood and uh, handing out treats and goodies. Uh, if you are worried about your retirement uh, with Halloween, it doesn't have to be scary to come in and get together with us. We're happy to help you. And just remember, when you think retirement, think Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. We'll see you back here next week, same time, same channel, right here on Toledo's largest talk station, 1370 WSPD. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.